train's dragging on There's strikes on the batter Some runners are on But suddenly everyone's looking at me My mind has been wondering what could it be They point to the sky and I look up above And a baseball falls into my glove I play right field It's important you know You gotta know how to catch You gotta know how to throw That's why I play in right field Way out where the dandelions grow As a proud sponsor of Little League Baseball Pizza Hut welcomes all the kids who make it great Connecting to the Real Nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Officially, the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. Log on to DenverComicCon.com to purchase your tickets for the 2016 Extravaganza, taking place June 17th through the 19th at the Colorado Convention Center. The real nerds will be there, and the real nerds are Brad and James. Every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. We saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the show. We will uh, talk about. The movie will spoil the movie and, um, yeah, talk about what happened during the movie. We also talk about stuff we've been watching, movie news, a movie podcast. That's what we do. But we start every podcast with what you can see at the best movie theater in Denver, the Alamo Draft House. Did I mention I study martial arts? On the 6th of June, the feast is Saving Private Ryan at 7.30 at oh, night. Oh, I bet that would be really cool. Yeah, because it's, you know... It's an awesome movie. Yeah. What date? Monday. Today. Today. <laughs> They're oh, recording shoot. it. <laughs> well, if, when you're um, hearing this, you've missed it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Tomorrow, Fantastic Feast presents Almost Holy. Uh, the oh, kids, I, I want to see that. Yeah, that's it's at uh, 10 o'clock, or 9 o'clock, I'm sorry. Hmm. So... Um, you'll be off work, so you'll be able to go do it. Uh, kids Camp is Clash of the Titans. On Wednesday, Fathom presents Ghostbusters. 
They have two showings. They have one at two and at seven. The Kids Camp Again is Clash of the Titans. There is The Conjuring 2 with a live stream. Uh, the Beat Goes On, Violent Cop. And Video Vortex is The Skid Kid. <laughs> have you seen that? No. The 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 trailer is playing at the Alamo. It's a. Uh, it looks pretty amazing. The movie, uh, the short Adam and I made, uh, Captain Eccentric, where he's sitting on the ground and mm-hmm. like stop motion moving. It's yeah. the same thing. Really? Yeah. So yeah. this because he's wearing black and a helmet. So mm-hmm. I I watched. It, I was like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> they stole our idea. Yeah, it's like some kids from Vermont or something like that, or Pennsylvania. Or, yeah, some some one of those Midwestern states, except Vermont's not one of them. Or Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you know, kids made some, some neat little movie, and, you know, I think it'd be cool to see. On Thursday, the craft dinner is Dark Man. Oh, dude. And there's a free victory screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They show, they show, um, they show Dark Man a lot. Like, I feel like they show Dark Man once a year. Which That's is pretty a fun interesting. One. Yeah. I didn't know there was such like a cult, you know, following around it though. The Room with Greg Sestro is live on Friday. Oh, crazy. That guy's cool. Saturday, Geeks Who Drink, a Pixar edition will be at the Alamo. The Room with Greg Sestro, Greg Sestro is again. Uh, the Sandlot, Quote Along, Vanguard Essentials, We Are the Best are all playing Saturday. Sunday, Ghostbusters makes another appearance girly night is cruel intentions in a lonely place is the manchurian candidate and jesse swift benefits Spaceballs this week who's jesse swift um well let me click on my handy dandy info i think it's cool that they're showing ghostbusters again that's the first movie that we got to see there it is yeah as a as a pre-opening screening all the way back in 2000 <laughs> kelly now is not the time Okay, so let me tell you what the Jesse Swift benefit is. On May 16th, Jesse Swift and his family are victims of a brutal home invasion. Jesse fought back, causing two of the three men to flee, likely saving his family from harm, but was badly injured in the process. On June 12th, the Colorado cycling community will come together with the Swift family and friends to heal and help raise funds to cover the growing expenses incurred by this unimaginable trauma. Please join the Alamo Draft House on June 12th at 2 p.m. for a benefit screening of Melbourne Classic Spaceballs. A group will be doing... An SS only, don't worry, with the uh, addition of some handy zip ties applied to the shift leaders on your bike. You too can ride single speed for a day from the Alamo at 11 a.m., making it back in plenty of time for the film. Well, that's cool. So they're raising money to help someone pay for medical costs. Yeah, well, that's totally a thing. People should uh, show up for that. Yeah. Help out. And that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Awesome. Cowabunga! What are we doing next? Uh, I don't care. What do you guys want to do? How about Blu rays? Blu-rays. What, dudes? Michelangelo here for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, reminding you that our totally hip adventures are waiting for you on video cassette for just fourteen ninety-five each. Right on! This is a pretty cool week. Uh, there's some good stuff in here that people should check out. One of them being Zootopia, yeah. uh, which spoilers for news is now the second highest-grossing film of all time, worldwide. Worldwide of the year. Of the year. There you go. You got it. <laughs> well, and no, it's uh, the second original movie uh, across yes. a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah right. The I first being... It's the greatest film of ever. Yeah, Not based on like a that. sequel or something. Yeah. yeah, That'd be Avatar. Yeah. Uh, 13 Hours gets its Blu-ray release this week, which... Uh, I think that was worth that was worth checking out. I think we 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 I think we even recommended like at the very least you should rent this because it's kind of neat. 
Um, Rick and Morty season two is coming out on Blu-ray this week, which is a fantastic show that people should check out. Uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, the director's cut, is getting its Blu-ray release. Got this a week. good review on Digital Bits. Yeah, I read the oh, picture the... quality is insane. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They redid the whole thing. Yeah, they, like, they, they recommended even if you already own it, you should buy it again. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. bitch. Because I was literally just going to say, like, man, like the cover art is enough to make me want to buy it again. Yeah, it's a Mondo then, poster. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, and then they he, said. There's like one new bonus feature, which is like a new interview documentary thing, and the rest is the same special features, but the picture quality is off of a 4K transfer, and it looks fantastic. Oh, dude, that sounds amazing. All right. Well, shoot. I know. Twist James' arm. In a a week with a lot of stuff that I want to buy, I'm annoyed that they just convinced me I need to buy that. Uh, Because another one is Hail Caesar is getting its Blu-ray release this week, as well as the extended edition of The Martian, uh, which that's cool. I didn't know they were doing that until literally right now. So, yep. uh, that movie can be longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Trek The Next Generation has a complete series box set coming out today. Did you read the review of it on Blu-ray.com? No. Uh, it's not like individual seasons. It's like two big... Uh, oh, it's like the European version. Yeah, it's oh. like two big ones. Oh. And it's a slightly taller and uh, a little wider than if you have all the seasons. Huh. Okay. It looks, like, it looks like big Harry Potter books. Like, when you flip to the side, they just, like, look like big novels. Yeah. They do that with, like, a lot of TV series now, where, like, uh, Mork and Mindy and Taxi Mm -hmm. are both, like, this is, like, this giant... Both CBS? Yeah. This giant plastic wallet with, like, a box surrounding it. But if you really want it, because you should still watch the episodes and have them, um, on Best Buy, it's only 100 bucks. Yeah. You should read the Blu-ray.com review. They took some things out, though. Special Um, feature-wise? Oh, shoot. Yeah, something with, like, being able to watch episodes continuously. There's uh, a two-parter that is broken up on a disc. So, like, it ends on one disc, and you have to continue to... I forget. Oh, I'd have to okay. read the whole interview uh, review again. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's lame, but not necessarily a deal-breaker. Yeah. But. I mean, $100 for that whole series on Blu-ray? It's a steal, to yeah. be sure. Yeah. Um, the first season of Vinyl comes out on Blu-ray this week, uh, which... Brad is a mediocre fan of. It's all right. <laughs> uh, I don't the, know if I'd own it. Yeah. The first season of, or not the first season, um, Anomalisa is coming out on Blu-ray this week, uh, which we would get hate mail from from a few people if we didn't mention, <laughs> uh, as well as the complete original series of Roots is getting a Blu-ray release. I'm not sure if that's had a Blu-ray before or not, but uh, there's an Anna Kendrick movie called Mr. Right coming out this week uh, that might be worth checking out, but it might not be, because who knows. Um, and then I think... Now I'm getting into the, the the real garbage down at the bottom, but uh, yeah, that's uh, unless I'm missing something. Uh, here, here's what Blu-ray.com said about uh, the Star Trek Next Generation. The the only thing that ha- has going against it. Uh, here are two major strikes against the set. First, it doesn't save any room over the standalone seven season releases. The new box measures four inches wide. The seven is case. Stacked together measure four inches wide. The other problem is that the set does not include standalone releases that saw a few key, a few key two-part episodes cut together into a single film-length experience. The best of both worlds, redemption, unification, chain of command, and all good things, not counting the sampler release. That also means the special features unique to those releases aren't included either. That's a big missed opportunity to make this more of a definitive The Next Generation Blu-ray release. I don't remember when I watched my individual seasons that, like, uh, some of the two-parters would play together. Uh, I don't feel like I had that, unless they're talking about those individual 
releases for like best of both worlds and i think that's what they mean like so that's like something you would get anyway yeah i i think they're saying that it's not technically like a complete like uh experience because it's missing those Hmm. um Eh, i don't know but i mean they still gave it four and a half stars out of five (laughs) because uh they they dinged it on picture quality Hmm. huh Interesting. Maybe it's just not an upgrade. Yeah, like maybe, that, that's maybe it's it not as good as it could be, right? Like, uh, usually it's because it's a 25 year old TV show <laughs> that can only look so good. Yeah, yeah, right. It looked good when I watched it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did miss was uh, the Andrew Garfield, Michael Shannon movie, 99 Homes, is getting its Blu ray release this week, which is actually one that I'd, I'd really wanted to check out. It's a movie about dudes who evict dudes and then hire dudes who got evicted to help them evict people and. How interesting that might be. Um, so maybe check that out. Brad, what's going on around town? Hey, Matt, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. All right, you'll enjoy this, Ryan. Uh, the Bug Theater is going to be doing Evil Dead the Musical June 10th through the 16th at 7.30 oh. p.m. Friday and Saturdays. Is that very the, cool? Is that the one that you saw like in Vegas? Oh, okay, it cool. Is. But I'll go see it downtown. How much are tickets? Uh, it's twenty dollars uh, for a show. Um, twenty five to get in the splatter zone. <laughs> uh, Seventeen if or it's it's twenty dollars if you buy advance online. Twenty five dollars at the venue. The door, but yeah. this thing sells out, so don't yeah. do that. Oh yeah, it's come to Denver a couple times, and every time it's come, it's sold out really fast. Yeah. And if you get six uh, people together, you can uh, you're t- you can get your tickets for seventeen apiece. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, so <laughs> he gets loud when I talk. It's great. <laughs> no, he just is loud. It's okay. And then uh, at the midnight's at the Esquire. This week is Zombieland. Nice, cool. Um, That's and then one. next weekend, Comic Con weekend, they are playing Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So oh. If you're still all hyped up from con, got that con energy, and you can't can't go to sleep, you can go to the watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure at the Esquire at midnight. Yeah, and then the drive-in. Um, they obviously haven't announced this weekend's uh, slate yet, but uh, currently throughout the rest of the week, it's still Angry Birds, Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, and Neighbors Two. Did you go see Angry Birds? I haven't. No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. One of us should go see Angry Birds. Really? Probably me tomorrow. (laughs) When I said that, Ryan, I didn't mean you or me. Okay. (laughs) Just, you know. Don't worry, I'm looking out for you. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got for this week around town. Cool. Cool. This is what we watched this week. Come on. Let's change this. Hey, maybe somebody's got something on our fight list. Raphael. Huh? Do not change channel. James, what did you watch this week? Cool. Um, I finished The Night Manager, uh, which is the BBC show that's been airing on AMC uh, that stars Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. And, you know, for, for eight episodes of television, I think it's a, it's a pretty neat little story. Um, didn't necessarily blow me away, but it's really well made and really well acted. Um, I think it's certainly worth picking up a Blu-ray or renting it on Amazon or something like that. Like, it's a cool watch that, you know, if you want a... If you want a spy show that's maybe more in the line of like a Tinker Tailor kind mm-hmm. of a spy show, um, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I found it pretty entertaining. And again, like the, the performances are so good that I wasn't ever bored. I was always really engrossed. But when I take a step back, I'm like, well, I don't know that like 
it ever blew me away. Yeah. Um, but a, a neat story told well. I can say that. Um, I also continued my my Shane Black extravaganza. Nice. Uh, and got a chance to see The Long Kiss Goodnight this week. Um, cool. Which I had... I've talked about this before. There's a, there's a guy who does these YouTube videos called Movies with Mikey. Um, who people should go check out if you could just go to YouTube and search for him. Um, he's doing a really neat thing where he's like... He only reviews movies that he really loves. Um, and so it means that he's just making these like positive reviews. But talking about them with a lot of detail and like really digging into like the art of the movie. Um, and so he had referenced this as he had done another Shane Black movie and then referenced this as his favorite. Um, and so I was really excited because I'd never seen it. Um, and between this and The Last Boy Scout, I think one of the big takeaways is that I learned why Shane Black directs his own scripts now. Um, because in both cases with Tony Scott on Last Boy Scout and with, um, uh, uh, oh shoot, uh, Rennie, Rennie Harlan, Harlan, Rennie Harlan on, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, I feel like, how did I remember that? I don't know. It was good. It was good. It's because it's Gina Davis, right? Um, I guess I had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, the um, What I realized is just, just there's some stuff that gets sort of dropped, right? I think it's it's totally a cool movie, especially the last hour and a half, which becomes one of the most badass action movies I've seen. Like It's just really great. Uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight basically stars Gina Davis. Um, the, the normal Shane Black tropes that are here is that it takes place at Christmas, that it has Samuel Jackson playing a private investigator, uh, who's kind of a scumbag, of course he is, right? Um, and, but the, the, the big weird twist here is that Gina Davis is a, um, she's like a Cold War spy slash assassin, assassin who, um, for whatever reason has forgotten who she is and has lived the last eight years of her life as, just like a normal mother, right? Um, and she, when she woke up not remembering who she was, she was pregnant. Um, so now she has this eight-year-old daughter. She's married this dude. They have this really nice life together. Um, and then all of a sudden, stuff starts to happen that causes her to begin to remember. She has this, like... She goes through this really awesome car wreck where she, like... <laughs> she's in the car. This is a great scene. This is a really good scene. So she's in the car with this old guy, and he's like kind of drunk and he he like reaches over to feel her up and that distracts her enough that then she uh she ends up hitting a, a deer and going into a tree she flies through the windshield of the car and like the way he shoots it like the deer's like in the windshield and it's it's like it's brutal in like a 90s way where like it's it's a little over the top and it doesn't really look that good um but it's badass because like she when she wakes up having been thrown from this car you can tell that like something's a little weird about her and she, um, the guy is still in the car. She leaves him to burn to death. She gets up. She walks over to the deer. Like, the deer's still alive and kicking. Like, it's this cool animatronic deer. And she, like, grabs its horns and just twists its neck and snaps its neck. And then she just passes out again. And you're like, who the fuck was that? Like, that wasn't my nice mother lady, right? Um, after that, she starts healing. And, like, there's these really awkwardly directed and not really well-performed scenes where, like, she's... She's remembering, like, to cut vegetables, and it's super weird. Um, so, the, like, the first 40 minutes, you're like, this is this is not really the best, and uh, I don't know, this is kind of weird. But basically what's happening is, obviously, her the, the assassin character of Charlie that she's forgotten starts to come back and eventually takes over. And she and Samuel L. Jackson have to go figure out, like, this, this evil plot that, you know, it's the same as every other Shane Black movie, right, where there's some thing going on, and there's some political reasons why it's happening, and um, the, the things that are great about this movie are 
all of the things that are great about his movies, right? The the setups and executions are really well written and and, and well executed. Um, he focuses on the characters in some really great ways. So the the core of the story and what makes this movie so unique is that what it actually is is about a badass mother spy. Um, because the it's like um, it, it's kind of similar to like if if Sydney Bristow were in her you know late 30s early 40s and and her her daughter were you know uh a, you know eight years old now um and like how would she deal with that right like um so there's these amazing scenes where, where as charlie's remembering like charlie doesn't give a shit about the kid she's like i didn't want to have a kid this other woman who's taken over my life for eight years has fucked everything up um but like you know she she ends up learning to love this kid again and it, it it's really a great story at the core of this really pretty cool action scene uh, or action movie um samuel L. jackson is fantastic uh, gina davis is 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 good enough you know um and i think the scenes between the two of them like they have really good chemistry together in, in a lot of the ways that last boy scout didn't work this movie does um and uh yeah i i i, I, think it's I a absolutely cool recommend too. it I love oh yeah title. yeah and when they they just sort of the title comes out of like a little throwaway line and when they explain to you what, what it is, you're like, oh, that's a really cool, mm-hmm. like when you understand the meaning, you're like, that's a really cool, uh, cool title. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's totally worth checking out. Um, I bought the Blu-ray cause I was just, I was determined to buy all Shane Black movies. Um, but I think you can get it either on, on Netflix or Amazon and, and check it out. <laughs> uh, I agree. He's having a cracker. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's totally worth checking out. So, uh, and then the, the very last thing is something that I actually missed talking about last week. Um, a cookie. Hey, hey, I understand. Can I have a cookie? Can I? Please? No? All right. Um, that I went to see Psycho 2 at the Alamo. Uh, now, two weeks ago, uh, I went with Zach uh, and Henry, and I'd never seen Psycho 2 before, and say that it was actually pretty cool yeah um it's also really stupid at times um there's some really weird scenes like when he's talking about (laughs) when he's talking about how the girl smells like his mother's sandwiches like there's some really awkward stuff where you're like man but but anthony perkins turns in a great performance the twists at the end are really well written out like the um very short version of the plot is that um he gets released from prison because he's proven apparently that he's he is say like they he he went in into an asylum yeah. and then his doctor tells him now that like um that 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 he or he tells the courts that he's not crazy anymore so he gets released from prison he's rehabilitated yeah yeah so they rehabilitate him and then they decide <laughs> this is one of the insane parts but they're like it's totally okay if you go back and live at the hotel and at your mother's house again. Like, if he is re- rehabilitated, that's probably the worst idea possible. Um, but when he goes back, like, the the movie basically follows this plot of is there is it is his mother really coming back and is he really going crazy again, or is he being tormented by somebody in the town or from his past who? Uh, is like dressing up like his mother or like setting things up or, or, and even killing people around him in order to make him feel like he's going insane or a combination of, of the two, right? Like, yeah, there, you, you keep going back and forth where you're like, even at the end, you're like, wait, who's killed who now? And, and wait, you know, like you're really lost until basically the final piece where you go, oh, 
this person did this person was killed by this person this person was killed by this person right like it all starts to make sense um and there's there's some interesting gore deaths in the movie um i think there's some really fascinating like psychological horror moments um especially all of that like because you do you care a lot about norman bates in this movie you want him to be okay and you want people to stop fucking with him if they are fucking with him um because they they introduce it to you that way so that you'll believe it but then there's a time in the movie where you're like ah maybe he's just been crazy the whole time yeah Um, it's it's really well scripted out, which is why it's so annoying when there's these terrible, terrible sequences that are so poorly written. You're like, like yeah. literally a whole audience is laughing at like, this is the most ridiculous line of dialogue I've ever heard. Um, but whatever. It, I think it's totally worth checking out. Like if you ever see the, the, the Psycho 1 and 2 blue, Blu-ray pack, like, yeah, pick that up because they're both good. I would recommend getting the Scream Factory Psycho 2. Oh, yeah. Um, collector's edition. Cause it has interviews with, uh, the director Richard Franklin and the writer Tom Holland, who actually wrote Fright Night and Child's Play. Oh, dude, um, cool. And so that's why Psycho 2 has some really cool, but you're right. You do feel for Norman Bates. For some yeah. reason, he's really sympathetic in it for a while. And, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker, yeah. but I think they, they convinced me enough to, to feel for him. Yeah. That, when uh, even when eventually I'm I'm maybe not supposed to or I'm supposed to be suspicious I'm like hoping against hope that that I'm wrong. Yeah, right? no, I agree. I think that's some of the best. But yeah, it also has some really dorky parts. But uh, it, it, it's a fascinating film. Psycho Three kind of goes into Friday the Thirteenth territory <laughs> where it's a little more campy and a little more over the top. Yeah. Um, Psycho Four is really great, and that's coming out on Blu-ray. I think in August hmm. and. It's Anthony Perkins calling into a radio show and explaining why he's uh, he cr- cr- did uh, matricide and stuff like that. And it's yeah. his origin story. And uh, it's really fascinating. It's actually one of I think it's the best sequel to Psycho. Hmm. Uh, so definitely check out Psycho 4. It's called Psycho 4 at the beginning. It's a really horrible name. Yeah. Um, but a really underrated film. Huh. But yeah, Psycho 2 is fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth checking out. So, I believe that that's everything. Brad, um, most of my stuff is stuff that I forgot I watched last week. Um, <laughs> we all did it. Uh, first is uh, I watched the documentary Team Fox Foxcatcher, which is oh yeah, yeah, the one Zach was talking about, huh? The one Zach was talking about, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was okay. Um, I'd probably rather watch the uh the dramatized version. Sure. Um, but they go obviously more into like, well, obviously we're really, you know, the details are really what happened and, uh, and more the psychology of, um, which I forgot his name right now. Uh, Foxcatcher man, dude, Foxcatcher, dude, Foxcatcher, uh, Dumont, Dupont, Dupont. Yeah. Good job. Whatever Dupont. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it, the, 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 obviously the dramatized movie, it was, uh, way more like they exaggerated, uh, the whole, like the build, they, the, the, the movie, uh, talks about, uh, the brother, the rest of the one that Chain Tatum plays, like yeah. the documentary doesn't really touch on him at all. Mm. It's all about Mark Ruffalo's, uh, mostly about Mark Ruffalo's, uh, character and, yeah. uh, his relationship with, uh, DuPont. And, um, they have a lot of great interviews with his family. Like his kids are growing up now talking about like wow. how uh, it Thank affected you. their lives. Um, 
his wife goes on a tour of the property in the present. Wow. Yeah, and it's like uh That's terrible. And how it's like fallen into disarray and stuff and she's like, Yeah, this is where, you know, my kids, that's where their crib was and like the you know, the walls all falling apart and stuff and uh, um you think that a pro- property like that would still be maintained. Yeah, like somebody else would buy it yeah. and, and you know, put some non killers in there. But But uh yeah, that whole like tunnel sequence, how uh, in the movie they portray that he escapes like through this like secret tunnel in his mansion yeah. to evade cops, uh uh, he apparently just went through like his front door or something huh. <laughs> or yeah. like through the garden. And then, uh, they eventually convinced him to come out just like, yeah, we won't arrest you or something. And then, or they turned off the power or something. Yeah. Um, and so like that was enough to convince him to like come outside and like go to the generator and they're like, yeah, you can come out and like start the generator. We won't, we won't try to stop you. And of course they tackled him as soon as they found <laughs> right. the door. Yeah. So Funny. yeah. And then he died in prison. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this box hatcher, if you want a little extra information on that story, cool. it's worth a watch. Yeah. Um, I also started watching Kindergarten Cop 2. Oh. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. I emphasized started watching. Okay. Because I didn't finish it. <laughs> so you're saying Dolph Lundgren is no Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I, I mean, yeah. It wasn't so much Dolph Lundgren. It was just like this, the story and the filmmaking quality of the movie was just like I'm I couldn't handle it. Is it like the same story only this time made for TV? I don't know, I didn't get that far. It was no. just <laughs> it starts out with uh Dolph Lundgren's How far did you get? Dolph Lundgren's a cop of this police station and all I remember now is that um like 5 minutes in the movie the police station gets like almost like 24 where they're like interrogating a suspect and then like the lights the alarm goes off and suddenly this whole like top uh top special forces team is like breaking into the building and so Dolph Lundgren and his partner you know go through these hallways which it's a police station but it pretty much looks like an abandoned school <laughs> like an abandoned high school and so they're fighting all these special forces guys in the hallways and then like the scene prior to that Dolph Lundgren's trying to fight with a vending machine to get a candy bar that didn't come out and he's ready to like blow the like pull out his pistol and blow the glass <laughs> open to get it until his police chief shows up and he's like you're not causing trouble again, are you? I don't know, Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> whatever his character's name is. And he's like, no, sir, and puts his gun away. And then, yeah, in, in the fight, the vending machine gets broken. And then, you know, he's able to get the candy bar they wanted. Mm. And, he, yeah, he and his partner and, like, I know one other woman are pretty much the police force in this low-budget movie. <laughs> and they manage to smoke these special forces guys. And then they just go about their business like nothing happened. Um, yeah, dude, duh. And then, yeah, he gets put on assignment for, like, this class of kids or something and i was like yeah i'm not gonna go (laughs) through i yeah yeah so uh i think that's fair yeah i died i couldn't yeah that was enough um then i also watched a documentary called tig which is based on the life of tignataro comedian tignataro who uh was a fairly well-known uh comedian and then she was diagnosed with cancer and uh then she did this uh set at this comedy club and it like got a ton of traction and the documentary just like chronicles like her life dealing with like having a instantaneous stardom stardom uh in comedy and then uh you know uh oh yeah her mother died at the same time like she was diagnosed with cancer her mother died like all this bad shit happened uh then she uh, she wanted to have kids but she can't have kids because like the cancer treatment ruined her uh system so or 
if she did try to have a kid, uh, it could either kill her or hurt, hurt the baby. So then she has to adopt and then she can't adopt. Uh, so she had to get like a surrogate. And then meanwhile, she's trying to make a sequel comedy album. She has like no inspiration. Um, and like her comedy, like was so successful because she was so honest about her, like her whole set was about having cancer and being really dry humored about it. And, but then when she was cleared of it, you know, there was no, yeah, no jokes be made. So, right. uh, being healthy wasn't funny. Yeah. And you don't want to wish for like another tragedy to make a set about. So that's interesting. I think she was, I think there's an episode of this American life that she was on mm-hmm. during that time. Like I've heard part of that story, um, but certainly never got the follow up. So that sounds cool. Yeah. I, I played it thinking it was just like another comedy special. Cause I was just burning through comedians and stuff. Yeah. And it turned out to be this life. And documentary. it wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't do. I don't think they even do the whole set. It's just like uh, when she is on stage, because I guess the the comedy, uh, the uh, venue there doesn't allow any kind of recording. So like, even a comedian couldn't like record their album there. But luckily, someone did have like their phone out at the time, so they caught it. Cool. Um, yeah. So it was, it was an interesting uh, insight into someone's life, and then. Um, at the Colorado Women of Film, Independent Women of Film Festival this week, um, I actually saw a really great film called Obsolidia, which is about this uh, guy who's kind of stuck in the past. He's writing, he's doing interviews with people who are in jobs that are becoming obsolete, and he's creating, he's trying to write the uh, encyclopedia about obsolescence. So huh. he's chronicling things that are on their way out. Yeah. So uh, one of the interviews is a silent film projectionist. At a theater, um, I forget what some of the other early ones are. He works at a library, uh, so even his own job is uh, right. They raise questions of like, well, how long are you going to be here? And he's like, oh, you know, poor families still need mo- like, yeah, wealthy people can have a computer to the internet, but poor people still use books in the library and stuff. So right. I still serve a function. But he teams up uh, with the silent f- uh, film projectionist, and they. Uh, she's interested in what he does. And then she kind of pushes him to push his boundaries and be a little bit more modern. Mm. And then he finds out he has this interview with uh, a beekeeper in the death Valley. So they take a road trip to death Valley um, and uh, interview him. They talk, he brings up questions about like uh, how like the earth is dying and uh, you know, his bee specimens are uh, becoming extinct. And uh, the whole movie raises questions about like, uh, what are the value of things and uh, is it worth, you know, if extinction is on the way, like, is it worth, you know, just ending it right now or continuing? Hmm. Um, and then at the end, at the end of the movie, it resolves itself by, you know, uh, making the argument that uh, nothing really becomes obsolete as long as you love it. So like one of the points they made, like, yeah, typewriters aren't necessary, but because he has a typewriter and he uses it and he loves it, will it ever become useless because mm. out of that love. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Very um, cool. Indie film. It was, uh, shot back in 2009. Oh, okay. uh, went to Sundance and stuff, but never really got any traction. And, um, it was like the director's first film. Her yeah. name's Diane Bell. Um, uh, which for Phil's first film, it's frustrating. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's made a few since, but, uh, if you want to watch it, it's on iTunes, uh, for rent and purchase. Cool. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That sounds neat. And the last thing is, uh, I watched, uh, Star Trek season three, the original series. Oh, okay. And I finished it and now I have watched, 
all of Star Trek across all different series is... Is this the first time that is true? Yeah. Neat. In the first time in my life, I've watched everything yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, the only thing I haven't seen is... is Even the animated OG. series. Yeah. yeah, the OG. Yeah, because um, the original series is a classic, but all the episodes are hard to watch because they're just... Well, they're know, old. They're old you know? and low budget. And some of um, them are kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I watched uh, season one a long time ago. Recently picked up season two. Recently, right, right now. Yeah. Finished it. Season two is like better than season one. Uh, but uh, season three, it starts off okay. And then by the end of it, I was like, God, it seems like there's a lot of like... They go to a planet and there's a scantily clad alien woman... And he has Ooh, sex with the, it. He doesn't. No, not that. It's just like she's like the crux of the plot. Like, yeah, a lot Wait, of scantily clad alien woman. Doing. <laughs> Brian's been asleep for 15 minutes, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So like, every story involves just like, yeah, there might be a main guy, but there's also like this scantily clad alien woman, and it's like it's not like a Kirk Love interest. It's just like she's part of the story, Dude, they, just for ratings. They knew they were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what happened next? The show got canceled. Like, yeah, so were, I was doing my research. Clearly desperate. I was doing my research, and yeah, like after season two, they did get canceled, and um, there was the big letter writing campaign from fans, right? Uh, to convince them to bring it back, and they brought it back on Monday nights, which was great. Uh, but then at the last minute, NBC decided, nope, Laughing is our Monday night uh, star. It's not a good pairing. Classic gonna... TV Laughing, which everybody remembers, <laughs> absolutely, and yeah. watches endlessly, binge yep. watches. Uh, they decided to put Star Trek, this hip progressive show at the time, on Friday nights when all the hip progressive audiences is out doing hip progressive things. <laughs> so they did season three. Um, you know, sometimes Uhura is not even there <laughs> yeah, for right. a long stretch of episodes. Uh, We're only going to show episodes during civil rights uh, campaigns. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, that season three is the season where the is the infamous kiss where mm-hmm. uh, right. Shatner kisses Uhura, the first interracial kiss on TV. Um, uh, but yeah, that's the big thing. And the other thing I noticed is like a lot of Star Trek, the original series is two plots. Um, the Enterprise crew encounters a primitive society who thinks they are gods and it is in their, um, is them by being gods that confuses the primitives and causes the conflict, right. thinking that they're magic and they can heal everything, right. all their problems. Or the Enterprise encounters a futuristic society way more powerful than them. And they have to figure out a way to use their primitiveness to defeat that sure. super society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I always uh, thought those episodes are more complex, but really it's back and forth like primitive society, superior society. Like they, they didn't get caught in as many like weird space clouds that they didn't know how to get out of until they did. Um, that's a pretty common like next gen thing. Okay. Oh, we're, st- we're stuck in the space cloud. Yeah. How do we get out of it? The other thing weird is like sometimes they'll just encounter floating composite things. <laughs> like right. one episode is just Abraham Lincoln is on yep. the view screen floating in space yep. in a chair. Because <laughs> um, that, I mean, it's, it's Star Trek, I'm sure. Why the fine. hell not? It just, it looks weird. Oh, yeah. 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 Or there's just a, a hand, a translucent hand grabs the ship and holds it in space. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, another uh, cool thing was because I just, I finished the See, Batman 66. Uh, Yvonne Craig is a green alien woman, Marta, who is a prison. Uh, the episode is the, this old starship captain goes crazy and uh, 
uh, he was like this revered uh, captain, but when he went crazy, they put him in a prison. And when the Enterprise encounters them, he has managed to take over the prison. And all the loonies are his, including Marta, this alien woman. Uh, so, yeah, Yvonne Craig does this whole dance sequence. As, is, she an, is she an Orion slave girl? Uh, I don't know if they referenced that, but oh, okay. she was, uh, it, she gets blown up at the end, which, oh, okay. <laughs> which no. is pretty brutal. Yeah. She gets like a exploding collar attached to her and sent out into the, she is out okay. to, in, sexy. The Look planet they're on doesn't have like an atmosphere or something. So if you go outside, you like, you suffocate. So yeah. they put her out there to like suffocate and then they blow her up. <laughs> so it's like, damn, that's harsh. That's funny. So cool. Uh, yeah. Star Trek season three. And I'm, yeah, I've watched all the Star Trek that was ever made. Nice. Neat. Even the animated series. Well, congratulations, sir. Now you can start over. Yep. <laughs> uh, this week I watched uh, True Detective. Oh. Um, the first season? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all right. Yeah. Um, the season? performances are really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, it only took me like a couple days. I think it's eight episodes. Right. Um, and, you know, Alexandria Daddario's naked in it. So that gives it an extra half star in my book. <laughs> um <laughs> You know what I'm so compiling? it's one and a half start. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. You know I'm compiling the 300 best moments of the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a supercut of all the times you reference like naked women. Nice, <laughs> good. Um, oh. No, but all serious. It's like the show is pretty well made. Uh, it's really well acted. Uh, it kind of loses steam about halfway through the series. Yeah. Um, maybe a little it, after, but uh, I, yeah. For me, it's the it's the turn. It's when they yeah. It's when they start to reveal. Like they've set up this cool. I, I was in. Like the, and then they've set up this cool conspiracy, and then when they reveal it, I was so let down. Yeah, I think it's about it's episode six or seven. I don't yeah. remember exactly because I watched right. them so closely together, back to back to back to back. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the performances are really good in it, and it's really well made. Um, the story I just kind of started losing interest in. Right. Um, but I got it on Black Friday, and it was like seven ninety nine. I think it's seven ninety nine. Well spent. I don't like regret. Oh no no no! Watching no, no. it. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, there there have been many having seen it. Every now and then I see it and think like, oh, I could get it for a dollar at Trademark. And then I end up getting something else. Like, even that I'm sort of tempted by. Yeah. Even though I don't know I'll ever watch it again because I am relatively frustrated by it. Yeah. Um, but it's so well made. It is. That first season. It is. Um, and and, and I, would, I would point out, because I don't know if you're going to try to watch the second one. Part of why I think I watched the first one and gave up on the second one was because with the first one, while those guys are assholes, I... I do find these little glimmers of like, yeah. I want them to be better, you know, especially mm. Matthew McConaughey's character. I don't feel is that bad. He's just so fucked up yeah. that you kind of want him to find his way. Well, that's um, what's hard. With and this. in the second, the second episode, the second season starts and I'm like, I hate all of these people. I don't want any of these people to, to have good things happen to them ever. And I don't, every story doesn't need like a good and a bad guy, but eventually you want somebody to do something I w- good. I want somebody to root. It doesn't even have to be good. Yeah, I want or somebody root to for, root I guess, for. I guess right? that makes like, sense. Yeah. Even if they're bad, right? Like Mad Men is about a, a, a an anti-hero, but I root for him to be better or I yeah. root for him to be successful, right? Like I, I want to follow his story and I've got a vested interest in him. Yeah. To me, True know. Detective wasn't like the first season um, yeah. didn't live up to the hype that I heard oh, about it. So <laughs> it, it's not bad. Uh, see, I have HBO. Yeah. So, I mean, I can watch season two on demand whenever I want. So sure. maybe when I'm sick or something, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Yeah. I, it, was, it was the thing that during that time, like everyone was talking about it. And every time somebody came up to me and said like, oh, James, are you watching True Detective? I'd be like, oh, are, are you watching Fargo? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I rewatched Deadpool with my little boy. <laughs> um, 
I couldn't sleep one morning and he was up at six. What's pegging, Kellen? <laughs> um, Can you say pegging? I put in Deadpool and he sat on my lap and just watched it. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's it's funny. a pretty good movie. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. You know, it's that's good. I had fun watching it. <laughs> and I think what sells it is Ryan Reynolds is really good in it. Oh, yeah. So that, that a, really helps the film. It's a smart, dense script. Yeah. Like, Did you watch the special features? I, I haven't watched the special features yet, no. Um, I also, I've start, I finished my comic book thing. I'm almost done with the article. I, so I started my next one is I'm going to watch the Disney films in order. Awesome. And I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs this week. And that film is really good. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and I think the evil queen is really attractive when she's the evil queen. I don't know. There's something about her that I think is really attractive. Not when she turns into the witch guys. Um, maybe because she has like a mean streak to her and Snow White is just too pure for me. You know, she's saying, Oh my, what a bunch of little boys live in this house. You know, I don't like that. I like, I like the one that's vain, makes an apple to kill somebody. You know, that's, that's my kind of woman. Um, but, but the film itself, it, it is a really fun movie. Uh, watching it again, you can see how Dopey has kind of transcended the film because he's, I don't know what artist drew him or acted him, but he is really good in the film. And the way he's animated, you just you just root for the little guy. Uh, my favorite moment, in actually uh, comedic-wise in the whole film, is after Snow White cleans their house and uh, the next morning... <laughs> he hasn't done that in so long. Man. He's, uh, for the, no, not for, Priest. For the, <laughs> for the listeners, no. Kellen has begun... Throwing all of Ryan's Blu-rays on the floor, which yeah, I yeah, have not seen him back. do in a while. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Clean so, anyways, <laughs> the uh, tape is defeating him. All the <laughs> all the dwarfs are going to work, and as they're leaving, Snow White's giving him kisses on the forehead. Yeah, and so Dopey comes up and she kisses him on the forehead, and then they show him run around the house, jump through a window, and come back through the other side to get another kiss. <laughs> it's really funny, and then uh, even uh, Grumpy. <laughs> As he's uh, as he's leaving, is like combing his hair and getting all huffy puffy. Part of what's funny about it is that once he starts, can you pick those they, up for me? They all just sort of domino, right? So Kellen, he only has to pull a couple, Kellen, before yeah, put those back on the shelf for me. <laughs> can you put the, pick them up? Will you help me? And if you could uh, if you could alphabetize them properly, if you pick those up, thank you. Oh, good job. Um. He's going to be so confused when they don't stand up. <laughs> it's okay. That's right. probably where that movie belongs. <laughs> R.I.P.D. didn't hold up in theaters either. <laughs> I know. Good job. Wow. And uh, the last movie I watched this week was Gods of Egypt. <gasps> I'm so excited. <laughs> Ryan, what the hell is Gods of okay. Egypt? I'll tell you guys. Well, first... And can I, I was, borrow it? Yes, you may. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to get it. And so I went to Best Buy, and I wasn't going to get it because the 3D version is the... A... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's walking all over them. The like 3D version corpse. is... Uh, oh. You did it. Um, <laughs> it's just a... So on the 3D version... There is like these two like birds fighting that are metallic, <coughs> and I was hoping yeah, that it's it, like these awesome robot things. Yeah, I was hoping cool. it's like a hologram cover or something. You know, you move it and they like sparks Ugh. would fly off them. But because you know sparks would make sense. Yeah, 
Um, wait till I get to the movie. So, oh, I'm so uh, so when I went there, the it's just an embossed like slip cover. So it's just yeah. there's nothing special about it. And it was twenty seven bucks. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. it, I don't care. And then I went a little farther into Best Buy and I was walking around and then they have a steel book with like original commissioned artwork Dude, and it was nineteen ninety nine. I was like, oh, it's so cool. And it comes looking. with a 3d version of it. So it was a 3d version of it, but with like cool steel book comic book art. I was there this week and I saw after you posted that on Twitter, I saw it and I was like, I could buy it too. <laughs> like, it's just so cool looking. It is. So the story of gods of Egypt is <laughs> so Egypt worships their gods, whether it's Osiris, Horus, Set, um, sure. Ra, you know, sun god, Anubis, the the god of death or whatever. I don't know his official title. Yeah, I'm right. not versed in Egyptology. Um, <laughs> Even after seeing this movie? You know, you think I would be. Uh, so the, the movie opens and the dude who plays... Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I can't remember his name. He's a... Uh, the Lannister gets his hand cut off in uh, Game of uh, Thrones. Jamie. Jamie Lannister, thank you. Uh-huh. I didn't even watch Game of Thrones. Uh, anyways, he gets his, it's that guy, and he's a god, and all these gods are bigger than the mortal people. So every shot Big, is bigger by like you know, like, like, they're, they're like ten feet tall. Let's okay, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted some context. Right? Yeah, okay. so ten feet tall. So every shot is them really big, and then normal people, normal size. So it's kind of weird looking because they're always in frame together. Um, so almost every shot in this movie is a special effect. So it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, the opening of the movie is Horus is going to be named like the god king or the ruler of all Egypt. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and so his dad is about to bequeath this power upon him. And then uh, Gerard Butler's set shows up. He's there to congratulate his brother, guys. Or is he? So, so he kills Osiris. I think that's who it was. Uh, the dad. And they don't bleed blood. They like bleed liquid gold. Oh, hell so, yeah. So they get, he gets stabbed. And, uh, uh, Jamie Lannister plays Horace. Right. So he grabs Set and they're fighting. And then all of a sudden they morph into those fucking things that are on the cover. <laughs> oh! Like those big robot, like, birds. I'm so excited. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? That's amazing. Um, and is it awesome when they're big, like, transformer you know, birds? And you they know, fight? honestly, the movie is not that bad. Oh. It's kind of, I would say it's a computer generated version of a Jason and the Argonauts. Sure. Um, it's not as cool because it's not stop motion. Like, would you put it in the same tier as, like, a, like, a, the modern, re- the, like a Sam Worthington's Clash yes, of the Titans. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it has that same feel, but with Egypt. Um, th- I mean, the main character in it is a thief named Beck, and he's in love with another slave girl. And um, when Set takes over uh, Cairo, <laughs> he kind of says, well, I want to build a monument as big as me or whatever. <clears throat> so as he's building that, he also wages war on the other gods of Egypt. And he... Um, you Okay. Okay. How about my movies? Um, <laughs> so he wa- he wages a war on the rest of the gods of Egypt, and he steals their powers. So he steals horses, like all-seeing eyes. Um, Does he rip them out of his head? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so he's like an apocalypse. So yeah. Now it's, now it's like Jamie Lannister, but with no eyes running yeah. around, and he can turn into a bird. Well, Jamie Lannister goes into hiding after he gets his eyes ripped out because he's no longer powerful. Does that mean he can't turn into a bird anymore? He can't. Oh, but. 
so set goes around and he rips the wings off of another bird god um well ijafor i forget I don't know, whatever his she ijafor um he's an all knowledgeable dude so he rips his brain out um, oh, oh. and you think that's the brain is like some crystal brain it's what's not, the movie rated pg-13 PG okay so it's um, not super gory when he's like, not, I'm going to eat your brain. No, it's, it's they gory. They have blood but, and crystal brains. So. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. The blood is everything that bleeds is liquid gold. But okay. I mean, they show like blood sprays, but it's yeah, gold. Yeah, it's gold. Yeah. So that's how they get away with it. Um, I mean, there are some cool scenes where he fights like these big minotaur guys. Um, the scene where these two chicks are riding these giant snakes is pretty cool. This. The problem with the movie is it's really disjointed. Are they robot snakes or real no, snakes? No, they're like okay. real snakes. Right, but I'm, they're like I'm riding on like horses. Uh, okay, I'm back in. And it's kind of like tremors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Yep. Yes. It's it's really disjointed and it's hard to follow sometimes because you have to keep up with all these rules that they're explaining to you. Yeah. Um, like Jeffrey Rush plays Ra, like this, they're all seeing God who yeah. rides this chariot that has connected to the sun that has gold it's really weird okay um but having said that i mean it's fun i mean the the core of the story is this uh beck they escape from uh set or uh and the builder played by rufus swell or swell i forget his name you got it um rufus dude um and as they're getting away he kills like his girlfriend so he goes to ask horace to like bring his girlfriend back if he steals his all-seeing eyes so it kind of goes like into this adventure movie, and it's not bad. I mean, I've seen worse movies this year for sure. Um, and if you kind of check your brain at the door and just enjoy robot birds fighting each other in yeah. ancient Egypt, hey, buddy, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Um, then you're good. Cool. You know? Yeah. Um, Would you it, say it was everything you hoped it could be? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it didn't. It didn't exceed my expectations, but it also didn't make my expectations but, worse but how could it yeah okay it's about in the middle of the road and there's sometimes when the special effects are actually really impressive and then other times it, and the weird thing is is when it's not impressive is when the actors are on a green screen and they're moving huh. so like you can see like the shading isn't right in their hair because everybody has long hair yeah if that makes sense but like some of the creatures like anubis i think it looks really cool yeah um and the there's a part where they have they show when you go into the afterlife you have to give up a bunch of gold and if you give up a bunch of gold then you're you ascend to heaven basically if you don't then you just get eaten away and then there's these giant like mummy guys and they say pay the price and they look really great yeah. um and then there's times when you're like if this looks bad they have like a galactus monster at the end it it feels like you're explaining a lot of stuff is it like super exposition heavy where it gets boring at times no because okay. all the yeah. exposition is like, hey, hey, okay. you have to pay gold to get into hell, and then like you, and then yeah, they just go fight go some to hell. Shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah, that's what I want. It's like the action movie cliche where it's like five to ten minutes of them saying, "We need to go here and do this." Yeah, we should do that. Blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, giant snakes show up. <laughs> <laughs> right, just like every action yeah, movie. Absolutely. I, yeah. Uh huh. So it's literally ten minutes of talking, twenty minutes of action, ten minutes of talking. Awesome. Twenty minutes. Awesome. Um, I don't remember how the snakes show up. Doesn't matter. I don't know if I was distracted, <laughs> but they go to this temple and all of a sudden they go, uh oh, here they come. And they're coming over the mountains and it looks really cool. Just fucking snakes, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's, it's not a, a horrible movie. Great. It was fun. I that, had fun watching it. I'm so excited now. Yeah. That's really <laughs> I hope good. I you enjoy it. <laughs> um, this is the real news. Prime. 
It's something we take for granted. It's simply a day-to-day -day fact of life in the big city. But occasionally, a crime occurs so baffling that even we city dwellers sit up and take notice. Three scientific equipment companies, three robberies, and what was stolen? Two positron accelerators, four reverse flux polarity indicators, and uh, one parabolic sine wave generator. And what does all that equipment do? I have absolutely no idea. But although the missing goods are high-tech, the method by which they were stolen is not. These incisions could only have been made with a samurai sword. And look at this rope. This can only be the work of ninjas, the ancient band of Japanese warriors. And how can you tell that from the rope, Professor? Well, look for yourself. It's made in Japan. Ninjas, a thousand-year-old clan of assassins. Is it possible they are here in the city? We're at Technology Central to answer that question, for it may be the next target of these mysterious burglars. I'll report as soon as anything develops. April O'Neil, Happy Hour News. Back to you, Jeff. So, um, Friday the 13th is uh, gearing up pretty soon in production, and they're doing, uh, I guess, I don't call it a reboot, um, and they're going to explain Jason's origin, which... Hasn't that happened before? They've tried. The, the problem with explaining his origin besides seeking vengeance for his mom who was murdered after he supposedly drowned um, is when you sometimes reveal too much of a monster... It doesn't. Scary. Well, especially one who's supposed to be super supernatural. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how, how are you going to... I mean, Jason Goes to Hell tried to explain it with a convoluted story that kept on getting worse and worse as the movie went on. Yeah. Um, I I was telling Brad before, my idea, like, you know, my Spider-Man 4 Sam Raimi stuff, um, is... Which, which is in the news this week. It is. Uh, I would have it that... this is This was my idea. So... Jason is supposedly drowns and uh, Pamela Voorhees, his mom, goes home to their dad, Elias, and tells him that their son has died. And his dad hits Pamela Voorhees and she kills him. And Jason sees all that from outside and then follows his mom to Camp Crystal Lake and sees her murder people. And that's how he gets the killer instinct. I so guess. he's just wandering around in the woods, like watching his mom kill people. Yeah. Why doesn't he go up to her and be like, hey. You know, I think um, it, my guess would be he'd be too scared because that's basically the story of Friday the 13th anyways. Because Friday the 13th part one is he just shows up at the end in a dream sequence. And no. then part two, all of a sudden he's grown up and he's like living in a shack killing Weird. people. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I'll see it. <laughs> January 13th of 2017. Yeah. Everyone's going, how are they going to film this movie and get it done in time? Uh, I'm sure it's going to take 20 fucking, days to film. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it's not going to be super effects heavy. Three days to edit. Right. You know, like, come on. Yeah, come on, people. Uh, Brad, what else do you have? They're going to do one take of every scene. Uh, did you check out the Star Trek Beyond posters that they released? Yeah, they're awesome. No, I haven't seen those yet. They're, they're cool. Else. I thought uh, the new trailer for Star Trek Beyond was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but did you notice some of the posters are backwards? No. <laughs> Uh, if you, uh, Uhura and, uh, Sulu, if you look at the, they might have been scrubbed from the internet, but, uh, they're posted and the Star Trek, uh, com badge yeah, was on their right side. Oh, okay. So, uh, 
the Photoshop people had mirrored so they because yeah. the, a lot of the posters have all those little ships that attack the Enterprise. Yeah, shooting across from corner to corner. Right, and so they would block the right side of the chest. Right, and so the graphic design guy was like, "Oh, I'll just flip them." But then you put that it makes the badge on the right side, and he didn't fix it. Huh? And he didn't fix that. And he didn't fix that. Okay. Um, so they they wanted to have the badge there so it didn't look weird, but again, that it wouldn't be on that side of the chest. So all yeah. the nerds were like, hey. And then they fixed it. And uh, <laughs> it's just odd that they would, a 50-year-old property like that. Um, well, I guess I didn't see those ones. I saw the one where the Enterprise is like in hyperdrive, and I thought it was pretty sweet. And it says yeah. Beyond. Yeah. 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 No, they yeah, did. They one. have character posters for each of the main stars. And yeah, I just They'll have those little black ships shooting across. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they all look a little bit over photoshopped like yeah, uh, simon pegg's you wouldn't recognize him <laughs> right yeah um yeah uh batman versus uh i'm super excited that batman versus superman has a release date on blu-ray and dvd did you see yeah. the, the trailer for it it's way better than any trailer right? they've put I posted out that. really yeah it oh, is shit. amazing and it has like all this new footage in it yeah like they just rehashed you know scenes from the ones there for the theatrical they actually like you see jenna malone in there yeah um, but they should have put that trailer out because yeah. it doesn't tell you anything about the story it just tells you that these two are coming together to fight is it is it possible that this is the movie they should have put out mm-hmm. i'm hoping so i oh. think so because there's you know i don't know why it's kind of like the spandex thing people have for a while i don't know why people are afraid to put out long movies i understand that you reduce the amount of showings you can have but at the same time if it's a better movie put it out yeah yeah i mean some of it is like sometimes when it's longer it actually is too long and people get oh, i agree right? like, but something like uh but the 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 important thing is you cut out the right stuff i think right? uh, kingdom of heaven the oh, director's dude. cut on that is way better than theatrical it's so cut. good it's so good and that yeah. the and the theatrical the, cut of that movie is good. Yeah, it's good. It's just that there's there's awesome stuff. That's what I mean. Because I mean, how long cut. is the director's cut? I, it's four, four hours. Four yeah. hours. It's four hours long. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's a. I mean, there's whole subplots in that added back into that movie. Yep. That are really great. So I, I actually, when I saw that trailer, I'm like, holy shit! Is this going to change my feeling of this movie? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not, but yeah. I mean, it might. I, it I, might. Some of the stuff in the trailer is. Uh, um, Clark Kent actually doing research on who Bruce Wayne is. Exactly. Oh, what the hell? Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? So he's he's actually being a reporter. Yeah. Clark Kent is a person. He's not just a he's not just Superman in a suit. And the thing too is, yeah. Uh, so did you see all the versions that are coming out? Yeah, I was gonna talk about them. Uh, I'm. I think we get the Target one because it's a digibook. Digibook. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna go the Steel Book at Best Buy with the. They have two kinds, and each one is reversible anyway. So, like, oh, okay. uh, it's the poster art with, like, the scratched out, like, is Batman face, but the oh, yeah, seal is scratched cool. out, and then you can flip it over, and it's the other one where it's, like, it's Superman, Superman but Batman part out. of Batman's in there, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, so that's uh, July 19th? Yeah, July 19th. I think that's a, is that the same day as The Killing Joke? No, they pushed that to August, I think. Oh. Which I hope has a steelbook, too, because that'd be great. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so Target has the Digibooks. I think one for each Superman and Batman, yep. and they're lenticular, so they got that little wavy. Yeah, and I think it's forty-eight pages, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I always like production art and stuff. And I think Walmart has—I know Amazon has the statue version, mm-hmm. so you can get the Batman Superman statue. Yeah, but it's like a hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, if you really love that movie, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I'm just gonna. Have to I mean, the Batman in the armor is cool. I don't know about. Yeah. Um. Can I help you, buddy? 
So, uh, guys, what? Rogue One's in trouble. Is it? What? Yeah. Uh, okay, oh. okay, hold on, hold on. Don't just throw out some shit. I'm not. The studio ordered reshoots. That must mean, in, you know, <laughs> no, God, like Suicide Squad, things are things are not going good. God I damn know. it, that's not what that means. That is not no, what that means. Hey, that's what the internet said, and yeah. the internet is always right. You do not uh, contradict the internet, James. Uh, I know. That, that uh, did you read the Christopher McQuarrie quote? It was awesome. No, what did he say? So, uh, we should give this context. So, there was a rumor going around that they needed to reshoot 40% of Rogue One. Because <laughs> it's not which, fun. Because it's which, not fun. Which, by the way, would delay the movie a year. Oh, easy. Like, because because you don't just like, oh, hey guys, turn the cameras back on. You have to spin that up, right? Yep. There is 40% of the movie, unless 40% of the movie takes place in one fucking room, that's a lot of work. Yeah, uh, then Christopher McQuarrie, who's doing, uh. And honestly, you don't do that. You put out the movie, it's shit, and you hope you make a better movie next time. Like, yeah. no studio would do that. Well, yeah, because which one is Christopher McQuarrie doing? Uh, oh, is he working on. Is he doing nine? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no. No, um, um, Is he doing a Star Wars one? Yeah. I didn't know he was signed on to do a Star Wars one. I thought he was well, doing, is he doing Is he doing the Boba Fett one? <clears throat> I might be doing. I don't know. He's doing one because they. Because there was this. He's doing the next Mission Impossible. Yeah, so there's a. Because he's the so first repeat. Part of it was. That 40% of the movie's not working. The studio's not happy with Gareth Edwards. And so uh, they people are saying, oh, Christopher McQuarrie is going to go and reshoot this movie and help him. Yeah. And so uh, I think it was actually a Slash film article. This is the first time I've actually given props to Slash film. And they said, instead of speculating on these rumors, we're going to reach out to Christopher McQuarrie and ask him. <laughs> right. And so he sent an email back saying, uh, no, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. He said... And it, basically what it amounts to and i which the, uh, well no I what disney I said that, is we've already allotted for this these uh six weeks of reshoots and the actors know it basically what happens is they shoot it they watch the film like oh we need to add a scene here scene here every movie that's that big has reshoots yeah so i don't people are dumb i mean these these sound like from I think that this is only as much news as it is because it blew up and was a bunch of falsehoods for a while, right? Like, it probably is on par with most stuff. It does sound like they're doing some significant reshoots. Like, they're, they're, they're going in and, and tweaking some, some character story stuff and, like, adding yeah. in, like, some exposition just to make and sure that it fine. flows properly. Right. It's, it's the kind of stuff you expect them to do. Um, I think that, uh, it, it was interesting because Slash Film also followed up really well with an article about, like, why reshoots are actually really good. Um, pointing out the example of um, of Back to the Future, which is probably one of the most major ones, right? Where there they like that probably is like, oh shit, like we're we're really gonna well, yeah that one the lead you know, actor didn't work right yeah like um but it, but that, the difference there is that they they caught it mid film right mm-hmm. like that that is a catastrophic failure yeah. of the film that would have been something on this scale but wasn't because they caught it early enough that they were like oh this isn't this isn't gonna work yeah this right? is more of uh, to me it actually sounds it could even be they're adding more action scenes it could be yeah i, I i'm not worried about it because i mean i think the trailer is awesome for it yeah. and um I, i'm sure and, and if fun. it is to make it like more lighthearted, i hope that's not the case because like part of what makes it so cool is that you know it's not from the same tone of like you have yeah. the traditional movies that hit like the episode seven is great and all. Yeah. And it fit the same tone as the original trilogy and stuff. Right. But like part of what excites me about Rogue One is that it is like a more mature, darker, edgier, yeah. supposedly film. So if right. they try to 
bring those tones together. It's just, it seems like it's a. Yeah. And they don't need to because the thing with Gareth Edwards is his Godzilla is great. You know, when I watched it the first time, I'm like, oh, that's okay. But then when I knew what their story they were trying to tell and I yeah. watched it a second time, I thought it was a pretty great piece of cinema. So. Yeah. And I mean, I, I did want to point out that like people talking about, oh, you know, they're, they're not happy with Gareth Edwards. There are two things. One, it, they're building the same model that they use on Marvel where they're going to do reshoots and they're mm-hmm. going to edit the movie to hell and back in order to make sure that it's perfect before they come out because they want to build a franchise as strong as that one where every film at least delivers a cool blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? Even if the film that they deliver isn't like, oh, dude, remember how good episode seven is? Like, even if they don't hit that bar, they want to at least be entertaining on a I agree. Thor 2 level, right? I agree. Um, and with that in mind, Gareth Edwards has only done one major film before. It's entirely possible that, like, yeah, you do the film, like, you, you're going to build in there when you invest in a guy like that. You're going to build in some, like, some leeway of, hey, yeah. we may have to go back and reshoot some stuff, redo some edits. Like, and that's, that's not have, unusual. No, and you're right. You know, the Star Wars universe now is expanding. Yeah. So they got to... If they want to make the stories work and they want to tie it together, they're going to have to make room for reshoots. Hey, and I'll, I'll really piss some people off and say, maybe what they're really doing is that they're they're shooting stuff because they're tying into other more movies and they're like, hey, we cast this dude as Boba Fett and we want to get him in the movie. Oh, yeah. We have some cool scenes with Boba Fett in there where he's like, oh, Boba Fett. Like, maybe they're doing that. Huh? Hey, that makes huh? sense to me, too. The cowboy from Hell Caesar. Y- y- <laughs> maybe he'll show up. Maybe he'll show up. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. The last thing I got, just some quick little bits. Uh, Supergirl is going to have Superman at some point in the next season. Cool. So he'll be in there. Um, Peggy Carter does not approve of Sharon Carter kissing Captain America. She thinks it's disrespectful to her character. And (laughs) (laughs) okay, I can see how she would feel that way. But I also sympathize with Steve that she is actually a connection to his past, so he feels a connection to her. So he's going to be automatically attracted to her by by peggy carter do we mean um Haley atwell yeah so yeah. she finds it incestuous she's wrong on <laughs> for a few reasons one uh like they were not really that together right like by the end of the movie it's like hey i really want to dance with you eventually right like it's not like these two are married yeah uh two i'm sorry that captain america needs to move on after 80 fucking years like <laughs> come on now like, can can the man not have some happiness Please. Also, she clearly hasn't read the comics because, like, that's his wife. So, fuck off. Um, Transformers news. Anthony Hopkins is going to be in Transformers the, the, <laughs> the first last night. night. Yeah. The last Hell night. Hell yes! <laughs> ah. Probably doing some uh, powerful, impactful scenes. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he'll be Adding shot at a Dutch angle. <laughs> <coughs> oh, dude, that'd be cool. He's probably the voice of something, right? Yeah. Bubba Bay! I'll actually be... You are my son! <laughs> I'll be really disappointed if he's just the, the voice of something, like... Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, what, do you, what do you expect him to have in these shitty fucking Transformers movies? You mean in an amazing movie? I want him to be a car salesman, like the awesome car salesman who like who ends up buying Bumblebee, and then he goes, and then Bumblebee's his car. What if it's Anthony Hopkins is an old man? It's like it's like, oh oh. It's he it's, might be the new Bumblebee. Cause... It's like um, it's like the Indian movie. Uh, you know the movie he did about the the Indian motorcycle, world's fastest Indian. World's fastest Indian. It's like that. Where he's like in New Zealand and he comes across this old car, but it ends up being a Transformer, and and then he, he has to fight Wiki aliens with it. Fifty years later, yeah, and but it's like a road trip movie, and he has to learn about himself and like come to peace with like his own mortality. That's, oh, let's see that movie. Maybe he is the new Bumblebee because they also announced that they have replaced the model 
of Camaro on Bumblebee. Yeah. I mean, that was bound to happen, right? They want to sell the new one. Yep. So. But maybe I'll cool. get a new voice. Maybe. The voice of Anthony Hopkins. Wait, if what, he, if what, he gets what kind of Camaro is it? It's a Camaro. It's just the most. I know. I'm Camaro. being an asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pacific Rim 2. Yeah. Uh, John Boyega. John Boyega is going to be boy. in there doing something. It's too cool. Uh, honestly, I was excited by this news just because I was like, hey, somebody's still talking about Pacific Rim 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's man. still coming out. They're still forcing <laughs> We're still it. trying. Come on. You're going to see it. And lastly, if you like Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect Three, uh, you're not going to have Elizabeth Banks directing because she has she's too busy and has to do other things than direct Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect Three. Well, because they pushed it to December, and she said that it interferes with her children's school, so she's not going to direct. Good it. for her. Yeah, good. I want to see her direct like Captain Marvel or something. Yeah, she should go do something. You know, not not another Pitch Perfect movie, like. There aren't enough female directors, so she should go do something cool. Anyway, cool. That's all I got, James. What do you got? Uh, no, you ended up hitting everything. Muhammad Ali died. That was too bad. Was he involved in movies? No, but he was a badass. <laughs> he fought the Broncos' Lyle Alzado at Mile High Stadium. He was. Uh, uh, he was in. He he was portrayed in movies by Will Smith. Yeah. Tell the truth. <laughs> was that the movie? Was that Muhammad Ali's catchphrase? <laughs> Fly like a butterfly, tell the truth. Is that the, is that what it is? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, man, I Will think, Smith. I think Will Smith was, was robbed, guys. I think it was the Onion. Like, uh, there's some headline of like thousands of bees flock to Muhammad Ali's uh, memorial site to <laughs> to sting him or something. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh man. No, I think that's news. Cool. Um, this week, we saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. James, should people see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Ah, you started with me again. I hate this. Um, I can go first if you want me to. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, so I'll say that. Is this movie good? No. Is it stupid as hell? Yes. Is this movie, like, strangely palatable and I think built relatively well and was I not bored the whole time? Yes. Should people see it? Like, maybe rent it? I don't know. I, I think it feels... In a world where they're, nobody's really making, like, kid adventure movies, right? Like, they're either kid movies or they're, like, you know... Marvel movies. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're big PG-13 movies. Like, they're, you know, they're... It feels like it's in this void in the middle. That doesn't make it good, necessarily, because it's super dumb. Like, I don't know. This is a movie where getting keys to the city is a plot point. And if you're okay with a movie where people get keys to the city, then honestly, like, I wasn't bored and there was some fun stuff. And, like, the the humor that I of the turtles that I usually find eye-rollingly terrible, I was like, oh, this is not this is not that bad. Um, so, no. Is it is it good enough that anyone should m- spend money seeing it? No. But everyone is dismissing this movie and I don't think it's the worst. Is that complicated enough? So, for me, this film... I'd say it works half the time and half the time it doesn't. The times at work is when the turtles are on screen and when Will Arnett is on screen. And then I have to, the parts that don't work for me. You know what? I I agree with you. Yeah. So the parts that don't work for me are, and there's a couple turtle parts that I'll talk about it when we get to the spoilers part, the couple turtle parts that don't work for me, but is the really exposition heavy uh, scenes that they have in it that still don't make sense. You mean like 
<laughs> like Tyler Perry's best Richard Pryor from from Superman three. Yeah, Michael. that's what I mean. And um, the the stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, and I, I purposely picked making Brad go last because maybe he can explain some of this turtle stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, it's uh, so yeah. I, I'm on the fence on it. I I'm I think it's a better movie than the 2014 one. I think it's better than um, Secret of the Ooze and Turtles three. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say I think it's the best live-action Turtles movie I've ever watched. I won't go that far, but... I will. It's it's not the worst. Um, and uh, so, Brad, uh, you can, you, you're can you the turtle expert. You talk about it. Um, Should people see it? Well, if, you, if you're if you not a Turtles fan, I don't see why this movie would entertain you. It is, <laughs> it is, My theater loved it, by the way. It's a crazy mess. Um... If, if you do like the Turtles, it, I think it'll probably entertain you. I, I wouldn't say it's very good, but it's definitely better than the last one. Cool. Here's yeah. a trailer for Out of the Shadows. What's happening out there, Donnie? I don't know. It doesn't look good. Gear up, guys. This bitch is my recital. Bogey's on the bus. I think it's very vital. Hit the button. What button? There are a million buttons. Two Just four brothers who hate bullies and love this city. Whoa, whoa, this never works out well for you. What's your name? Casey Jones. One question. Are you doing guys like a thing? I'm looking for Aaron Lloyd. But we could work with that. Me too. This is gonna be good! <laughs> Dude, bringing back the Mohawk. Good for you. Oh, y'all got jokes, huh? So, uh, Brad, you can help clear some things up. I'm just going to start rambling, sing <laughs> off stuff and stuff from Can the I movie. start, actually? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I, before I forget, um, so this movie starts out with some very Dark Knight-esque uh, soundtrack music. Wow. And then they go into a Dark Knight van chase where they're transporting a prisoner, Harvey Dent.
And I swear, I swear, if you listen to the sound effects in the sequence, they are the same bat pod and semi sound effects. And there's even Casey Jones is the guy saying, we're, we're getting roasted alive like turkeys down here. Like, true, true. Movie. <laughs> Absolutely. He's that guy in this sequence. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, this, uh, this movie's all over the place. <laughs> that was the first thing. The first, that whole, while, uh, energetic and exciting i was just like i couldn't stop thinking about this i feel like i'm watching the dark knight right now this they even the foot soldiers even have like tumbler shaped vehicles sure. that pop out of like nowhere and like things are flipping around and exploding and um, but then I, I feel like when it's not a helicopter trying, comes in when it's not trying to be the dark knight it's it's the cartoon show yeah and then that the, like the tone is all over because fucking the krang just shows the fuck up there is a weird like adult humor and like stupid kid humor, because like there's a point where Rocksteady and Bebop check out each check other's out. dicks <laughs> and comment that they are they are pleased with how big they've gotten. Yeah, but I think that's like I think that was subtle enough <laughs> that like if I were eight years old, I'd be like, whatever, and then I'd I'd move on, right? Like I don't know. And then the next scene, they fart on each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like, the, the level of like humor is just up, and it's it seems like. The dick one is the Michael Bay joke that he wanted in there. And then <laughs> Dude, the David Michael Green Bay... joke is the farting one. Okay, hold on. Michael Bay didn't touch this fucking movie. <laughs> He's a producer like, on it. Platinum yeah, Dunes. Yeah, yes, yes. He is a producer. He told them, you know, how many pro- product placements to get in here. But, like, <laughs> this movie is his machine just working. Like, I don't think he was in there like, Dude, you gotta get a dick joke in there. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. It it's just like a it's Transformers just a, joke. It's the dudes that he keeps around him. That's all it is. Anyway, uh, so the whole plot is the... The shredders, gonna, the the turtles are struggling with like they saved the city, but uh, Vernon Fenwick got all the credit because they can't. You won't believe it. People really pay two hundred dollars for hot air. <laughs> Which yeah. hold on, he calls himself the Falcon. Is He's the, this big hero of the city, has a key to the city. The last movie did end with them fighting on top of a skyscraper, right? Like the whole movie. Every time they brought that up, I was just like, I am I just supposed to completely ignore that? Well, see, here's uh, the thing. Apparently, uh, no one I'm saw okay that. With. Yeah. I'm okay well, if that's the argument. My, so. Where the parts of this movie that didn't work for me is when they hit everything such so on the head that it was really obnoxious. So there's a part where, you know, Leo is talking to Splinter and Splinter says, you must make them come together to make them a team, but you should embrace all their differences. And then not even 40 minutes later, Leo's like, I'm tired of you guys not listening to me. It's like, uh, yeah, that that like the, that that, that storyline I think was the most like languid. It's too it's uh, too on the head. But there's parts. Well, that, it, I mean, and it doesn't connect properly, right? Yeah, like it's not actually a very exactly, good arc. Because it, it, what works for me in this movie is I think uh, Michelangelo is really fun. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think Donatello is really fun. Which one of them was uh, was was the jackass last time? Uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. I'm glad he's not in this one. Not that I think it's Johnny Knoxville, the blue, the blue masked one. He's the, the leader. leader? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was better. Not that I have time. anything about against Johnny Knoxville. It's just the actor they got this time was way better. Yeah, he seemed like he was, like, strategic. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, th- that's what I mean. It's inconsistent. There's times when this movie, like, the, the scene where they're jumping onto the airplane. It's like, kind of great. It was really great. Yeah. I mean... And the characters there are yeah, fun, yeah. like genuinely fun. Not not like yeah. '90s turtle movie. Like, hey, we're full of just the worst quips ever. Yeah, like mm. they're really well written. But and see, cool. what I think is fun about that is, you know, Raph is com- uh, portrayed in this movie as he's the tough guy, and I do what I want, 
and you, you find know, out he has a fear. It, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And the, so it starts like, all right, we only have 30 seconds to do this. Donatello's talking and he just disappears. Oh, I love that. He <laughs> yeah. turns around and he's like, oh, guys, he, he, he jumped. Oh boy. We got to go now. We only have a 30 second window. You know the plan. Uh, dude. What? He jumped. He jumped. Uh-huh. All right, one for all. But wait, 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 you don't have a shoot! Woo! I don't need a shoot. I uh-huh. got my ball! <laughs> oh, this is awesome! <laughs> ouch! 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 Gotcha! What would Vin Diesel do? No regrets! No fear! <laughs> It's <laughs> already gone. <laughs> that was a really good joke. Yeah. Um, so there's some really fun things in this movie, and there was times I laughed. Um, but then, you know, so there's parts too that I'm like, why are they doing this? Why are they telling me who all the turtles are again? And why are they telling me? Like, they, they, oh, do, they that did was it twice. that was for me because I didn't fucking remember. I but was see, like, they did it twice me? though because with the, the graphics. Be- even. Yeah, in the beginning, it's yeah. like, and I was actually worried at the beginning because it's like Donnie. Mikey, Leo, Raph. I'm like, oh my gosh. They're this not even going to call him. movie with these guys. Yeah, like... they're not even going to call him like Michelangelo. But then 20 minutes later, they introduced him again. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when they did like, it, when they did it naturally, that was annoying. But yeah. somebody probably said like, hey, why do you introduce him, you know, uh, at the end of act one? Yeah. Like, why don't you introduce him at the but beginning? Here's the thing is, you know, I did have fun with this movie when I totally checked out and it's like, oh, it's turtles yeah. fighting. When I didn't care about like what the hell Tyler Perry was doing or why or yeah. what Krang's plan was, but it's even stuff like that where they go, "Oh, uh, this, this part, some of it's just too convenient." You know, they give him so Krang gives Shredder <laughs> this ooze, <laughs> and and Baxter Stockman already has a thing that can synthesize it. Since I Shredder, this will help us build an army. It needs to be synthesized, which is where you come in. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good! <laughs> you're a rhinoceros! And you're a... I don't know what you are! <laughs> Let me look, let me look, let me look. I'm a... Oh, I'm a little piggy. I like it! Me too. Me too. And when he shoots it, he says, oh, it unleashes their animal instincts. Oh, 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 I was so bad. Every human being... Has so, some has a piece of DNA. So the first twenty five minutes of this, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. The first twenty five minutes, I was worried. I was yeah. really worried. I'm like, yeah. Oh no. But then it started getting a lot of fun. I was um, concentrated on my food. The first twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah. But then I, you know, stupid things like they're so they're transporting Shredder, and they don't. So the guy, the police officers that are transporting don't have weapons. Oh, worst. Yeah. Cops Even Casey ever. comments like, yeah. "Why are the bullets in the back?" Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> it's with that, the prisoners. It's just stupid like <laughs> plot points like that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you know uh, why the turtles are able to catch up to them in Brazil, and they're able to. <laughs> the whole thing is like the turtles manage to get to everywhere they need to be within seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also like in the Natural History Museum when they had to find that other piece, mm-hmm. Shredder's already gotten there. He got the piece, um, and then presumably ten, twenty, thirty minutes have gone by. 
and the turtles show up in his tracks and Leonardo calls out like, okay, we have to be quick. The police are going to be here in like 10 minutes, 30, mi- 30 seconds, yeah, 30 minutes, whatever he said. Yeah. No, like 30 yeah. seconds. And it's yeah. like, well, if the shredder broke in, the police should have been there <laughs> yeah. minutes, half an hour ago. So like, yeah, I don't know why he's worried that the police are going to sh- suddenly show up in 30 yeah, seconds. That's what I mean, like some of it's yeah. really convenient, but then at the same time, it's like, oh, this is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. So they need to have these like exposition scenes where, and there's oh, so much exposition. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like, was kind of hoping that Baxter would show back up as like the fly, and yeah, also I, I yeah, have, there's that part where Shredder turns to him and he's just like, "You're gonna become what you've always been," and I, yeah. I expect him to say a fly, and mm-hmm. like they're gonna mutate him, but no, he's just like, "You know, you're gonna be a, a, a something footnote. I step on a footnote." Yeah. That's what it is, and they just and carry then, him off. And then too, like the Shredder's a bitch in it. It pissed yeah. me off. I know. I was so excited when he like gets on the techno drum, yeah. and he's ready to fight Krang. You're like, "Oh, it's gonna be badass!" Like Shredder's probably gonna lose, but at least it's gonna be an awesome fight. And then he just gets frozen and thrown in storage. Yeah. Doesn't even fight. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then I was a little sad that they didn't do Krang's like shrieky kind of voice. Like he has more of like a gruff, like it's tough voice. Brad Garrett, who's playing yeah. Krang, I think that's why. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think he looks cool in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, like there's there's parts of this movie it looks when they're really in the amazing. water. At oh the yeah. Trails, like uh, when they pop up and everything. Oh yeah. Like, like when he's kissing the rock, I was like, holy shit, this is. That's a that's a turtle man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like there's parts of the movie that look spectacular. Honestly, that scene to me wasn't long enough. Like I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted more fighting a tank down a river. <laughs> like that was so cool. I mean, that that was the thing from the trailer that I was like, I want to see that. And then it was like that sequence is really cool because like they they crash the plane. Like the whole mm-hmm. the whole sequence is really awesome. But I did want I wanted more of that scene. It was so. fun when they went over the waterfall and they all like went inside their shells. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean. like, yeah. There was yeah. lots Clever of idea. fun stuff and yeah, in the seeing movie. Seeing that turtle was funny. Like the For real sure. turtle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh no, I meant I meant the, the the CG in that shot when he gets out and he's kissing the rock. Yeah, the CG of of Ralph there is really good. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, when they're floating afterwards, uh, like as the four of them, yeah, like the, the water effect on right uh, looked really good. But yeah, just the the gag of like him looking up and there's <laughs> right. a, yeah. Yeah, oh, a turtle, a turtle there it was good. Uh, yeah, and that's why I, my favorite part was that the I felt like the humor and like the turtles' personalities. Had that had been non-existent in the first one, were yeah. there. I agree. I th- that's why I mean. I think they're all pretty fun in it, and yeah. that you you understood all their motivations. Right. I just wish it wasn't uh, so on the head. Yeah, and I wish the story was more than just like you know. There's just something this about a portal alien. and something about yeah. Because I, I expected if Krang was going to come through, he'd bring a bunch of Dimension X like foot or uh, rock soldiers and Triceratons mm-hmm. with him or something. If this had been the first movie and they had whatever their budget was the first time around, like, because this to me screamed like, hey, we're going to make a sequel, but I, we don't know how much equity there is in this thing. So don't, you know, don't put all the money into this. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, you, if you'd had that kind of stuff, like, I think it would have been really cool. Yeah. And Bebop and Rocksteady are fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I think. And like that's the sequence when, when Casey's running away from him in the, in the warehouse and he's like pushing the cars and shit. I was like, yeah, but cool. Then, you know, I had. So uh, Mayhem guy, like. He gives them. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah, so like he gives them phones, and then Casey Jones shows up and starts throwing glasses. Like, oh right, man, here's a GPS, and it says Bebop and Rocksteady on. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah there's, there's tons of conveniences. Yeah, but yeah. you know, here the thing is, I think like Megan Fox doesn't bother me in the movie. Yeah, I think has, she I has think less her, to do. <laughs> her opening sequence, I was like, oh son of a bitch. Like, but she still, shows like, up and she's like, they've put they've <laughs> there's this. There's this terrible wig that shows up with a Megan Fox mask on, and 
and it's pretending to be a nerd. Um, and its version of a nerd think... is like is like these terrible glasses and this stuff. But at the, at, but at the you same know, time, I think it's a fun scene though because no, I I agree. Like she, it, when she chases that guy down and then she has to become sexy, Megan Fox. I think it's she, pretty fun. She loses her pants and I have no idea how. Like all of a sudden she's just not wearing. It and I was like, how did that happen? But whatever. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It's a fun scene. There's a couple. Like it felt to me like, hey guys, we're we're gonna do this. What it was was it was the um it was uh uh. Alice Eve's like uh, shirtless scene from from Into yeah. Darkness, right? It's like, hey guys, we're gonna do this scene, and it's gonna work really well in the trailer. Like, I'll just wait for it. <laughs> we we got a purpose for this, right? Um, they even animated it in the credits. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was like Megan Fox tying her shirt in a knot, yeah. like you know. Um, but yeah, the the scene is fun. Like, um, and this is the kind of movie you know, like I was sort of talking about before, where you know. Will Arnett gets key, a key to the city and like that's a plot point. Like this is the kind of movie where every device that they use has like a turtle on it, right? Like they just mm-hmm. they just get like it feels like a cartoon show. You yeah, know? it's fine, um, which is is fine. Like I'm totally okay with that. April's uh, phone had the the turtle jingle. That yeah, I right. noticed that. But uh, yeah, the end credits were badass though. Like I love like the oh, updated yeah. version of the song and yeah. the comic book kind of poppy art. I thought yeah. it was really fun. I think the real shame is like they they really tried to like embrace the cartoon show, but given the box office, it's like I, I'm worried that the executives are going to think like, oh, well, embracing the show wasn't a good idea. Yeah, I don't know when, if they're going to make another one. Honestly, yeah. I, I think what poisoned this movie was the last movie. Yeah, right. Like people aren't seeing this because they saw the last one. Yeah. Um, and it's a if, shame. if this had been how good the first one was, I would have walked away and been like, oh, okay, cool. Like this isn't. Do I love this the way I love Transformers? No, because Transformers is big and stupider and like, like it's got all this action in it, right? Um, and it moves faster because it doesn't like, you know, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this is a thing that people should check out, you know? Because you, you get really neat little scenes. Dude, like Will Arnett with the, with the, the fake camera and then he pulls the cord. Oh, yeah. I was like, this awesome. is a really great gag. Like you could put this in any one of these adventure movies and have like a, an awesome little scene. Um, yeah, I, I think they did a, a decent job. I don't know. Like, I think that there are actually smart movies that kids can watch that are good, fun adventure movies mm-hmm. that I think are better than this. Right. So like as surprised as I am by this movie at the end of the day, like it's, it's still kind of dumb and I don't know oh, if yeah, I can I say agree. like, Hey, people should go see this. No, I agree. I I'm think just it's so a rental. I don't pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. Too. I mean, I had fun watching it, but yeah. it's not, it's not, I, I don't, you rent it. It's not right. very deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in a world where I was forced to watch it, I was like, if this is great, but to tell somebody, Hey, take your family of four to go see this. Uh, that's, that's hard. Yeah. But you know, like, like Brad said, I think this movie finally touched on giving the turtles personalities that was sorely lacking in the first one. Absolutely. Uh, because I recently watched the first one again and it's, it's not like the first one's two is not a horrible movie. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's just there. Like, yeah. There's nothing that pushes me. And the things that I, <laughs> yeah. Often, often with these movies, the personality, other than the animated one from six years ago or eight years ago, whatever it was, other than that one, usually their personalities in the movies is a part of what I honestly kind of don't like about it, right? Like the the sort of corny, you know, oh, here's all the pizza jokes and stuff like that are usually really annoying. But here, 
I actually really like Michelangelo. Like, I think yeah, he's I think really fun. Was really fun in this um, movie. Yeah, and part of it is because he actually has a heart, and he has like these well, moments you know, where you know, at, yeah, at the beginning where he's stoked because it has those arms that come out that have huge nunchucks, yeah. and he celebrates <laughs> and knocks yeah. them off. I mean, yeah. that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, or dropping the pizza in the Knicks, yeah, in the Knicks yeah. game. I even that, I was like, pizza. <laughs> cool. This is cool. Like for a for a kids movie, like this is a neat this is a neat little thing. Yeah, um, you know, Splinter looked better. He didn't look like, like a yeah. slimy rat this time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I think the shredder was wasted again. Yeah. Um, did shredder look better in this one? Uh, you know, like shredder looked like a cool shredder here, but I kind of remember but, last like, time being weird. Part of what's awesome about him is when he wears that mask, and he yeah. pretty much didn't until the end of the movie. He, yeah. so. he, he put it on for two minutes and then got then frozen. Got like that's yeah. what makes him badass. Like, yeah. like the, if at first he's menacing because he's uh, doesn't say much, and then um, you know, there's scenes where he and Karai, which where did Karai go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is she the, the weird, she's the weird Asian lady? Yeah. Well, he's supposed to be your daughter. Oh, okay. Or she's supposed to be his daughter. Um, but, but yeah, they so get they're, they're watching somewhere. But anyway, they're like watching, uh, he's supposed to be this badass and then they're watching Bebop and Rocksteady eat that spaghetti or whatever. Yeah. And then like she and him like exchange a glance and so yeah. it kind of takes his menace away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where he's right. just like, eh, these guys are weird. I should probably <laughs> kill them because I'm like a total badass. But, um, you know, I kept on hoping too after they defeated Krang. He's like, I'll be back. I kept on waiting for like Shredder to like fall down on the rooftop. Well, maybe the cool, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about turtles, but would the cool sequel here be like Krang is like, God damn it. Like these turtles are so annoying. Let me go that, that dude, he was okay. Let me go unfreeze that dude and he and I'll work together and I'll send him to go like help me. Like we'll together go try to take over the earth, you know, or something. I don't know. Like, uh, I, but like, if I was writing the sequel, I would have Krang just like go back and like, um, like maybe he, he has a struggle with the Triceratons and so he needs Shredder's help for some reason. Okay. So that would cause him to team up because obviously Shredder knows he's been betrayed so he can't trust Krang anymore. That's true. Uh, but maybe there's something that Shredder can do. And so that whole war, because then the neutrinos, they could do like the cartoon, mm-hmm. the neutrinos would come out from Dimension X, invade Earth again, and then Krang, like they have something that Krang needs to defeat the Triceratons or something. And that whole, that whole, uh, plot ends up dragging that whole Triceraton war, uh, with the Utrams to Earth, so that's what I would do. Nothing he just made made <laughs> said made any sense. Uh, to me. It's dinosaurs that yeah, they're like fight okay, cool warrior dinosaurs. Can we explain that in like thirty seconds of exposition? Yeah, they're warrior dinosaurs. Ask the scriptwriters for this movie. Okay, great, great. Here's <laughs> here's sixty million dollars. Go go make the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, unless FB or the police force and like I don't, the whole. It'd be better if there was no police presence in this movie. Like the whole Laura. It was Lynn weird. They weren't forced. useful at all. Like they they become yeah. friends at the end, and then all that happens is Megan Fox and Casey Jones drive around and get back to that place where they like. I, yeah. and I they don't know what the, whole, the cops do for them. And they said this whole thing about like Casey wanting to be like this great detective, but he just he's never a great detective. He's a dude who can hit things with a hockey right. stick. And then by the end of the movie, like like that whole thing right. isn't resolved. Like it doesn't go anywhere. And I will say they missed a good opportunity when, when Will Arnett and, and Megan Fox are sitting on top of the, the container and like, they see the ninja and she's like, dude, fucking knock that dude out. And he's like, why would I do it? Like that should have been the moment. Like Megan Fox should have jumped off that thing, kicked him in this, in the head and knocked him out. I mean like, seriously, you know, yeah, like what, why is there this scene where like, she she like motions like how am I gonna do it? I'm only 110 pounds like you know, and then he does it, and somehow like the buffoonery Will Arnett is able to like knock a ninja out in one hit like no nah, come on 
Yeah. Like, let our hero be the one to do it. But anyway. Yeah. But I was just saying, like, the whole vibe of, like, the police are, you know, buddies with the turtles. Like, yeah. Um, it's just, oh, it's a weird dynamic. That well, I, I think hasn't... It, it had to happen because you would set up this whole thing of, like, them feeling like outsiders. Yeah. Which you only set up because you made us forget that they were revealed in the last movie. Which maybe you only did because you wanted to call the movie out of the shadows. I don't, I don't know. I feel like it only supports the title of the movie because, like, I think it would have been way more, uh, like, if it, if it was a stronger movie and more dramatic. Like, if they, like, when Raph, we didn't even talk about it. Part of, the, like, the Turtles arc is that when they discover that the purple ooze can mutate them into, possibly mutate them into humans, they won't feel as... Um, rejected by society right so raf splits off and tries to obtain it so that you know and then uh, leonardo keeps the information from everyone so yeah that fractures the group uh you know these um not you know acting like a team and then when they finally decide like yeah it's better to be a turtle it would i felt like it would be stronger if they had embraced that and not exposed themselves yeah like like obviously they could have continued to fight out in the open like they did in the first movie and the people would not have remembered them well, but, uh, but but I, but I, I think like... that them them deciding, look, we're gonna fight out in the open, and and some people are gonna think we're monsters, but as long as the cops understand, like as long as we're not in in, in danger, right? Mm. Like we can help we can help people, but not worry that we're gonna get shot every day. Yeah, but I feel like that that fear and dread makes it like it, going forward. If they still have that struggle, sure, like it's um, it's just a stronger dramatic, yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah, now like they don't like all they have to worry about is outside dimensional forces. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just weightier if they like on top of that they also have to still fear right. humans and sure. Um, I can see that. Now they don't have to worry about that as much. It just makes it a little weaker. Yeah, for sure. A little goofier. For sure. Cool. So uh, before we close today's episode, I just want to tell people that I've started a fantasy movie league, and this league is it's an app. You download it and you pick uh, eight movies. You have a thousand dollars and you put them on screens and you win weekly prizes and uh, things like that. So me and Joe Kempter, my friend, are doing it and it's really fun. So like this week I picked, you know, X-Men, Angry Birds on three screens, Civil War on three screens. And I think I put the nice guys on the last one. So it's based on how they're going to perform. Exactly. And you get bonuses for things that overperform. So me before you was only supposed to do like 12 million projected and did 18 or something. So then you get bonuses for that. Um, it's really fun, and we're going to start a league, uh, me and Joe are. And cool. so we invite our listeners to join in on us. And as soon as I know the name of the league, I'll send out the password, and you can uh, join. And they give out sweet prizes. Uh, obviously, I, I think I'm ranked like 600 out of 5,000 this week, but um, it, it's pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, it's called cool. the fans are invited and we're not. What the yeah, fuck? No, you are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. I've never heard about this before. Is um, it? Does it reset every week? Like yes. a, like a DraftKings? Yes. Cool. So cool. it's for 12 weeks for the summer. Okay. So the league I'm in is for 12 weeks. So you pick every week. You pick a new set of eight screens. Cool. And you get a thousand dollars. So like the big movie this week was Turtles. So that was like a seven hundred dollar screen. Each screen is seven hundred bucks. Oh, okay. So you have to be smart with it. So yeah. when Civil War came out, I put Civil War on one because it was like $800. And then the rest of them, I had to figure out, you know, where's the best uh, value for it. Yeah. So it's almost um, more, it's more playing in the middle tier of film. Exactly. Um, which so, has a lot more strategy but to the, it. The perfect uh, Cineplex this week was uh, five screens of Me Before You and Angry Birds <laughs> and like two Civil Wars. Wow. Because it's per screen average. That was the yeah. Best to, yeah. 
Cool. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fun. Download the app. What's it called? Fantasy Movie League. So you don't put any money into it. No, you, get- you win like you win prizes. Their prizes are like gift certificates to movie theaters and stuff. Cool. And um, you probably have to like watch an ad every now and then, or there's ads no. on the bottom of the app. Nope. How do they make money? Um, I don't know. All right, I don't trust it until I find out how they make money. But right. it sounds yeah. cool to me. Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm literally oh, skipping oh, it now. Maybe the prizes are gifted. Yeah, they have to be gifted because it's, I mean, I'm not, it's like, oh, you win a $50 Regal Cinema card. Oh, do they tell you up front what the yeah. gifts are? Yeah. That's, so the marketing is in the gifts. So they make, mm. they make enough to pay their, their developers off of whatever the overhead is on what they're charging. And then they also get the gifts from the marketing. Yep. Cool. It's a neat model. Sounds fun. What's yeah, it I called can't... again? It's called Fantasy Movie League. It's the simplest title that it could be. Well, I forgot in the last in the past ten minutes, so <laughs> it's not that memorable. Yeah, uh, cool. I might check that out. That sounds like a fun thing. Yeah, it's fun. Um, you guys are going down. I've never, I've never been a part of any kind of a sport league, fantasy league, or otherwise, honestly. Uh, but this might be a thing I'll check out. Can I start now? Even though it's yeah, into the um, summer, you might be able to. So yeah, so like right here, I'm not invited. So uh, week one, this person got. A perfect uh, cinema score, and it was they had one screen of X Men, one screen of Civil War, one screen of the Jungle Book, and then five screens of uh, Love and Friendship, <laughs> which is uh, like a little weird movie. Yeah, cool. All right, well, that sounds like a fun thing. Yeah, it's fun. What are we seeing next week? Uh, next week we're seeing oh, Warcraft. Warcraft, right? Yeah, I think I'm gonna sneak away and see The Conjuring Two as well. Yeah, there's something else next week. And that I now you see away. me too is also out. Yeah, I think I'll miss that one. Uh, yeah, so there's gonna be a lot of movies. Um, I still need to go see Neighbors too. I want to. I want to check. So that. my my schedule switches to midnight to ten in the morning, so um, we can start doing um, more reasonable uh, podcasts. Okay, cool. We'll um, figure it out. Um, yeah, neat. Until next week. Yep. Uh, yeah, also go to Open Screen Night on Thursday. Cool. Cool. See Film Center, 7 o'clock. Five bucks. There'll be macaroni and cheese. What? <laughs> I'm in. Bye. Bye. Turtle power. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto. When there was danger, they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour. Because they displayed triple power. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cars, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.